To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 88. Your Opinionated Benchwarmers are back for another edition of the podcast. We got the crew in here. Of course, I got Carlos with me. I got Ramon with me. And we have an extremely special guest and friend of the show, actually. We got Coach Morris Wright. I mean, let me let me say this properly. Let me give you a proper dude. Championship assistant coach <laughs> Morris Wright is in the building, man. What's, What's up, up, man? Up? We appreciate cool, you for coming man. on, bro. Oh, man. Thank you for having me, big dog. Yeah, man. So what we're going to do right now, just uh, just go through some things right now. Make sure that you follow us on O underscore Bench Warmers. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. That's where you'll find all of our episodes and content. Um, this is a very special episode, so I don't want to waste any time. We're going to just jump right into it. Uh, I've been knowing this fella, dude for, like, True. All my life, man, pretty much, you know, dating back to when we was playing bitty basketball. Uh, we were teammates in high school. Me and Carlos were teammates of his in high school uh, basketball. Uh, we retired in high school, but he kept that thing going. He played D1 at Xavier University. I, I think you had a pretty good career there, too, huh? You did some legendary yeah, stuff over yeah, there. Yeah, decent over there, too, man. <laughs> so, uh, man, we just, we just happy that you was able to come on, man. We just... Uh, you know, you're just coming off a championship, like I said, 5A state. Zachary High School won the 5A state championship. Haven't done it since 1946. Uh, man, just speak on it, man. How does it feel? How did it feel to win that championship? And, you know, are you still on that cloud nine, man? Man, I think it's Wednesday. I'm still on cloud nine, bro. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's an amazing feeling, bro. And especially to come back and do it at home, bro. That, that, was, that, was, that was big time for me. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, I think that Zachary, I think all of the guys would agree with me. Zachary has been, we've been pretty, we always had the talent in Zachary, but unfortunately, I mean, I I, I, get, I guess I'm talking about my past coaches, but we the coaching, it, it, it left a lot to be desired to me, in my opinion. And I think the talent has always been there. And I think to see in 2021 that everything has finally come together. And, you know, we was a part of those teams many, many years ago. Me and yeah. Morris and Carlos and, Carlos, you know, yeah. and, you know, we couldn't get the job done. But to see you co go back to Zachary and, and rep, rep us old heads now, because you're old head too now, Morris. Yeah. I don't know if you know. But to come yeah. back and, and do that thing and, and just develop the, the players that you have, just speak about your team, man, and, you know, where they at with it. Like, how, how do you feel like they, you know, have developed and how have you, how have you worked to develop those guys? Uh, our seniors, man, those dudes – we got them in. We all got them in ninth grade. 
Now, them dudes been together for four years, man. Them dudes worked for four years straight. And then they came back with a junior class and a, a sophomore underneath them that can go down, they can play too. So wow. when they all put it together and just put their minds on it, and they all had one goal, bro. And then when they they just went. Yep, yeah. that was all it was. That's all they wanted to do. They played for each other. They got the outcome they wanted. Yeah, man, that's crazy. That, that's good. I got a question, Mo, man. Like I said, we spend a lot of hours on the court, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, man. We've seen it through the years. You know, um, you know, I, I would just say, you know, what you think was a difference? You know, the, the record, y'all lost six games, obviously, yeah. right? You know, what you think was a difference in the playoffs with the team, you know, as they got kind of hot and start knocking off some of these top teams in high school? Uh, I think I think in the playoffs we helped us mostly was our schedule. I think we had probably one of the toughest schedules in the state. Uh, I think we counted – we ended up playing, I want to say, nine or ten teams that ended up playing, like, all through the classes. I think we ended up playing nine or ten that made it in the top 28. So we played a tough schedule, and I think that kind of prepared us for that playoff run to play a, a tough third-round team who's going to come at you. We just like a regular Madison prep we've seen down the line before. So everything we kind of seen was kind of almost – like we played we played the playoff like a regular season, basically. We didn't really count it as a playoff in our head. We just came at it as a normal game. We're going to take it one day at a time, step by step, and just grind it out, basically. Gotcha. So, uh, so going forward with the program, you know, seeing everything, Thing that you did in this year and knowing some of the talent that you have returning, including my cousin Brandon Hardy over there. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I know that there has to be, you know, that there's a culture now that has been established and set in the yeah. program. And so, how do you feel, one, that first that culture was established? And then, kind of, what do you see as the future of Zachary basketball? You know, we start rolling these all championship at the championship. Kind of, what yeah. is your outlook really on Zachary basketball going forward? Uh, I think it started with our head coach. Uh, he kind of set the tempo. He kind of he kind of demanded that you know you bring it to all every day. It started with him. Uh, then it trickled down to us. Staying after practice late, staying up watching film late, getting to practice early, taking kids home. You know the extra stuff. Like he always told the extra stuff is gonna win us games, and that's we kind of we kind of went off of that all year. Uh, but them dudes like they like to work though. They like to work and they understand that <clears throat> they started something that a lot of people couldn't do. And like the ones behind them, they got a taste of it now. They seen it. They, they, they kind of can see the light. Now everybody, everybody always wanted to win a championship, but everybody's like, they never actually seen somebody exactly do it. So now all these kids coming up is like, okay, now we got we. I want to go do that too. I want to go do that too. So I think it's like I think it's just like a, it's just like a rolling down. It's gonna be a domino effect for us for these next couple of years. Yeah, especially with the, especially with those cats coming back. Hey, you yeah. said a mouthful, man. Just being able to uh, just see success and what it looks like. And I think yeah. you know a lack, like even when you know we think of some of the teams. I think that that it was that that uh, 08 team that we that we saw with Legion yeah. and and Mason and Phil Mason, and, yeah, and these guys yeah. and. You know, they ripped off 17 games in a row. Prior to that, we've never seen anything like that. Probably one of the best teams in Zachary Come, yeah. put, to, put together. And that was, that was dating back, I think, after Jamar. No disrespect to them guys. Jamar and, of course, Kedrick 
Um, yeah. Did a spin in the NBA. Jamar played overseas, did some professional basketball as well. Ellis, Elton, those guys, they were yeah. great teams too. But I think that more recently, I think we could point to that 08 team and just seeing success in preparation. So, like, when, when you when you look at what y'all have accomplished this year and you look at the guys behind us on the come up, on, on the come up, do you see the future? Like, what, what future talent are you seeing? Let's get into the team. Like, what propelled us? to this level of winning a Louisiana state championship in 5A, which is not easy at all, man. Y'all face some hogs, just like you said, mostly in y'all district, you know, but you know, what, what, let's get into specifics of which players do you feel like is on the future? What, what players do you think performing well? Uh, I think, I think, I think right now we're rolling with a three headed monster right now between uh, Jalen Bowden, Jordan DeQuill and uh, your cousin, Brandon Harden. Between them three, bro, like, they they them do them three together, but they 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 tough. They tough to go on. They tough to go on. They give they give a lot of people problems because at any night any one of them can go. You have to gain. It's it's tough to game plan for three cats who can get down like that. It's it's it's, it's tough. It's tough a lot of nights. Let me ask you this, Mo. I mean, I know we're talking a lot about the players, and you know that's kind of how. You know, you, we 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 do. You know, especially as a coach, yeah. we'll talk about a little bit about yourself, your day in, your day out. I know, you know, the, the job may not be. You know, I don't know if it's full time for you right now. Um, and yeah. also, where you where you see yourself, you know, maybe five, ten years down the road, do you look at trying to be a head coach or go to the next level doing this. How, how do you uh, see yourself doing this? Uh, yeah, I I do I do have aspirations of being a head coach one day. Uh, I don't know when it's gonna happen. But you know, I do have I do have it on my mind. Uh, I think I learned I think I learned a lot this year from the championship team, coaching wise. Cause uh, I know that they probably they probably don't want to say it, but like besides the actual basketball stuff, it helped me learn like the different emotions of players. Like everybody, everybody's emotions are different. Like you can you can, you can you can still be that same coach. But you you got to be a different coach for that player. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? It's kind of yeah. like that. And that kind that kind of helped me help me how to understand the game better. Cause now I can sit there and we as a coaching staff we can sit there knowing that we know we can't put him in this situation just yet. He's just not ready for it. Just he got to grow up a little more. Just not. We can't put. We we could try him out because he's been through this a couple of times. He can take this emotionally wise. Breaking down. That's why I say coming down in the playoffs. We played a lot of tough games early and midway through the season for one emotional purposes, because them games gonna be up and down. You might game, you know, basketball's game runs. You might play a team come out there five and like five three downs, five threes out in a row. And now you gotta come out and figure out, call the timeout, get your thoughts together, get your mind right, and come back and say, okay, they just hit five. I don't need to go three ball right now. We just gotta inch back in, inch back in, inch back in, inch back in. And they take they take a lot sometimes, but these cats these cats they understood that they grasped that concept early and it took them far. Hey man, I think one thing that we have been through is the pandemic. How yeah. do you feel like the pan the fact that y'all won a championship throughout a pandemic? Y'all have bragging rights to have probably one one of the toughest high school championships in Louisiana in in some time. So. Just talk about some of the challenges of preparing these guys with the pandemic, keeping them safe, keeping them healthy, being able to, you know, what are the protocols? What are they doing testing in high school? Like what all of these things, what, 
what made y'all, you know, what, what allowed y'all, how tough was it? Just speak on that. How tough was it uh, just preparing for a pandemic? The, the crazy part about it, it actually helped us. Mm. Besides, like, the extra stuff, like, the cleaning stuff and checking their temps every time they coming in and out, like, the base, like, do that mm. stuff. Man, it, it actually helped us because it was able for us to let our kids go virtual. So instead of being at school, you know, deep into the playoffs, getting distracted, going to class and this and this and this happening, these dudes at home and going at home where I'm straight from home to the gym. Hmm. So they might come early in the morning, get some work done, and then, well, you don't have class, so you're going right back home. Hmm. You're going to get back on the computer, do your work, boom, you come right back up for practice. Uh. Now it just now it just turned them into gym rats. Not all they want to do is be in the gym all the time. True. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. now it just worked out with us down the line and it just cut out a lot of distractions. We were young. Like mm. Our kids are young. So we as, as long as we can limit as many distractions as possible and keep their focus on just basketball and school for right now, we're good. Wow. So the I think the pandemic actually helped us a little bit, bro, for real. The crazy <laughs> it may sound, I think it helped yeah. us. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Yeah, anything else for Pretty much covered. All right, man. Hey, look, bro. We appreciate you for for I taking us some time out, man. man. Congratulations again. Is again, Zachary High School has not won a championship since 1946. Y'all yeah. made some history, man. Your name is, yeah. is cemented in Zachary yeah. legacy. You did some great things for Zachary, just in general. Appreciate and, it, bro. And basketball, man. Uh, just appreciating you for spending some time with us, bro. Anytime you want to come on, or you know, you got something that you want to say, or bring one of your players on. It's a, it's a wide open, bro, because you, you got open invitation, bro. Oh, man, appreciate it, man. I'll be hitting y'all up, bro. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. Take it easy, bro. Be safe. All right, man. Y'all be cool, man. I appreciate y'all. All right, man. All right. All right, brother. All right, bro. Man, what a guy. Again, that's coach, assistant coach Morris Wright of the champ 2021 Zachary High School champions, Louisiana 5A champions, man. What a, what a great conversation, man. I it's crazy seeing him because I, I watched him grow up. He was always one of the younger guys, and it's just like he was the one. You know, he always was special, not only on the floor, but a great guy off the floor. You know, never was in any type of trouble. Like, just a great guy. Right. No, I can speak to that, too, a little bit. Yeah, he always – you can see he was always advanced, you know, beyond his years, even though, like I said, he, we, he was two years behind us coming through high school, but you can see that he had it. You know, and he was mature for his age coming in as a freshman, you know, playing varsity and things like that. So definitely you can definitely see that the the, the future was bright for him. And I'm glad that he was a part of that championship team because, you know, he put in the time, he put in the work day in and day out. And, you know, I even saw where he's the fifth leading scorer of all time for uh, Xavier, you know. So that top five, that that's pretty good, you know, coming from oh, yeah. Zachary representing. So, again, hats off to Mo, man. Mo was always a family family of ours on the podcast like you mentioned man just just yeah stella man right sure, and with sure. his his mind his mentality his work ethic his skill set knowing what he knows about the game like you can see that that's just going to propel him even further in his career so just as you asked that question Los, about you know head coaching one day i mean i could definitely see it uh oh, one day in his future no doubt 1,000%, man. And shout out to Ramon. Ramon ain't never say he got a star cousin on the, belt, <laughs> on the team, hey, man. He, he won most outstanding player, man. What great is he? 
Uh, he's a, a sophomore, so he'll be a junior, next be a junior year. next yeah. year. Man. He's a real deal. He's man, a real I know deal. he's the real deal. I was like, man, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I never put two and two together, man. Congratulations yeah. to you and your family as well. Again, Zachary High School has won the 5A state, 5A Louisiana State basketball championship. And we had assistant coach Morris Wright, a friend of ours, on the podcast to you know experience that. So I hope that you enjoy that talking, guys. I hope that y'all still got a little more energy to get in some of these topics. I know that Los was missing out on the NFL free agency talk, so I know he itching to get in there right. and shed some knowledge on us about what we messed up last <laughs> week. <laughs> but yeah, let's let, let's first start off. Um, I want to really just talk, kind of jump into uh, Drew Brees' retirement. Of course, uh, just showing respect to him. Uh, my QB one for the greater part of my half of my life has retired. He announced his retirement on March 14th. I mean, yeah, March 14th, which ironically was the same date that he actually signed with us some years back. Uh, He spent a 20-year career, 15 years, which was in New Orleans. Uh, Probably one, probably will, probably will and is our biggest NFL free agent signing to this date. I mean, I was hard on the guy. Come on, y'all got to give me a break. I see how y'all looking as I'm doing this segment, man. No matter what I said about Drew Brees, of course, I respect what he has done for our city, for our state, and for just Saints football in general. He delivered us our first Super Bowl championship. I mean, nothing. the list goes on. You know, after Katrina, New Orleans, of course, was devastated. He actually gave some gave New Orleans something to cheer for just by how successful of a season they had in that. Um, and not only that, but the successful game of the Atlanta when we played Atlanta Falcons and how we performed in that game. And he was a big part of that. I mean, the list goes on. He's an all-time uh, legend, a first-time, I mean, a first ballot Hall of Famer, just a great person on and off the field. I mean, all-time leader, a leader amongst men. I mean, the list goes on. Um, I, I'm a, you know, as, as, as sad as it sounds, I hate to see him go. Uh, I mean, I'm going to miss him. But, I, I mean, you know, as, as we always say, Father Time is undefeated. I mean, y'all say something before I get choked up. Man, all it you you bring this this whole puff piece about Drew Brees after calling for his head all year. Man. Oh come on, man! Don't do that, man. Lois, you heard the violin playing yeah, in the background. Wants, man, you've been calling for his head for two years now, and now you want to come with this puff piece about <laughs> about so sad that he gone. Man, the the fans and the true followers, listeners, like who is this guy? You know, like I mean, <laughs> his time was his time was here. His time was here, um, and. You know, he was overdue on leaving. You know, we cannot take away from what he's done, his records, his 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 championship, and the things that he's done as being, you know, a pretty accurate quarterback in his day. Um, you know, pretty um, accurate. Don't do that. No, no, no. I mean, being probably the most accurate. My apologies. Probably one of the the most accurate breaking percentages, you know, completion percentages, records, you know, multiple times throughout his career. So again, hats off to Drew Brees, man. He Stand-up guy, really, you know, besides that one incident to start the year, he's really much been smooth sailing. Man, <laughs> 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 come on, that's man. Real talk. We, you can't – and somebody hey. feel you can't say bad stuff Hey, about that's him, real man. talk. That's hey, real I'm talk trying to be real, man. Hey, I, I, I'm not trying to be all great here, but besides the one 
hiccup he had to start the year, he's pretty much had a clean yeah, slate. So. But let, let, let's get up to who Drew Brees was, and then we let Ramon go. 80,358 yards, all-time NFL passing record. Second all-time in pass wrestling, I mean, passing touchdowns at 571, 13 Pro Bowls, and he has four of, of top, four of the five top single season completion percentage, which speaks to how accurate he was, like Carlos mentioned. He's the only player with multiple 5,000-yard seasons, uh, which he has five of them. And then he has an NFL record of seven seasons leading the NFL in passing yards. And, I mean, he's a Super Bowl winner and a Super Bowl MVP. So, I mean, he, the accolades go on and on. I mean I, I mean, I know I have hard on him because of, of the frustration because I feel like this is one of the best teams we've had since that Super Bowl running. You know, just to see his decline, of course, we know Father Time is undefeated. So that's why I was so hard on him. But he's a legend, man. He's a legend for sure. Yeah, no, no doubt. 100% agree with that. Uh, it kind of stole my thunder a little bit with rattling that off because I'm about bad. to come my with bad. with all the stats on them. I'm just <laughs> I'm just messing with you, though. I'm just messing with you. But uh, my main thing is that uh, I do feel that sometimes when we talk about the pantheon of the greats, I do believe that Drew Brees sometimes gets a little bit um, dissed in that discussion or doesn't get brought up or put, you know, in that top tier too much you know I was watching earlier this week you know first take you know they were rolling a segment about it and I think they had Drew Brees either like very low top 10 or not even top 10 and Max Kellerman was talking about how Drew Brees pretty much isn't in that top tier of all-time greats and um, just me personally I have a completely different feeling about that if I were to rank them and I'd be interested to kind of see kind of where y'all think he might land uh, but I put him as a as a top five QB uh, to play this game. I think if I were to slot him uh, right now, and this is before, you know, eventually I think Mahomes will jump into there and, and take over in that top five spot. But right now, I think I will put him uh, fifth all time in, in, in the way that I rank quarterbacks. Uh, so I think he's a top five talent that we've seen. And then you got to look at just like you rattled off all the numbers you can't ignore those numbers, you know? So um, that's kind of more so of what's interesting kind of to me at this point is where does he rank now, knowing that his career is over, you know, he's going into the next phase of his career. Um, where do y'all think that he ranks all time among QBs? I definitely say top five, no doubt. Um, I think that too much is held on the, the MVP and the and uh, the Super Bowl accolades, but like you say, when you look at the numbers and what he's able to, what he's been able to do on the field for how long he's been able to do it in the way that he did it, I don't think I don't see how you can't put him in your top five or Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks. I know we got your John Elways, your Brett Forbes, you know uh, Tom Brady, of course, probably number one on on everybody's list, probably. You know, yeah, yeah. So I mean. <laughs> You know, it, it's a couple of names that you got out there. But, I mean, I think when you look at what he's – Peyton Manning as well. But when you look at what he's able to do on the field, I, I don't think you could deny him a top five spot uh, of a quarterback at this moment of all time. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. Full agreement with that. You cannot deny it. the numbers speak for themselves. Numbers don't lie, maybe sometimes. But with these in this situation, numbers don't lie for him. And uh, I would put him in, like, round four, four or five right now i mean even actually i'll put him at like three or two you know i, I really 
Who, who, who would I you mean, have a hit? Who, 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 who would I have a hit? About it. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Ramon. Because I have oh. Brady, obviously one, but who would you, who would go yeah. above him? I mean, who you got to take? Elway. Uh, I, 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 I could put. Yeah. I could probably put Elway. This is okay. So me personally, putting above him, Tom Brady. That's consensus. Everybody yeah, Tom Brady, of course. Yeah. Um, I have Peyton Manning ahead of him. Um, oh, of course. That's a homer I, pick. Yeah. I mean, it could be a home of <laughs> but then when you look at you look at the what four or five MVPs, you look at more Super Bowl wins, you look at the way he revolutionized honestly the position. But does and, his and last snap- Super Bowl win really count? Does does Peyton Manning's last Super Bowl win even? Count? When they talk about it, they're gonna say two time Super Bowl champ <laughs> Peyton Manning. And they about to go back to the game and say, "Oh, did this happen or did that happen?" Is that the Super Bowl Von Miller won MVP? Huh? Is it the Super Bowl? I, I, yeah, I mean it is, but I mean, <laughs> hey, Drew Brees had good talent around him these last couple of years, and uh, <laughs> didn't happen. So, 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 so let's not take that away from my boy. Let's not take it away. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> right, I, I'm not mad so, at that. Uh, Peyton Manning is think, definitely in my top five. I mean, I hadn't yeah. thought as much as you know. I mean, I wouldn't. I'd be comfortable putting him ahead. Yeah, you know, I think you gotta um, throw Joe Montana up there. Joe Montana uh, for yeah. for what he did. Uh those four championships. Uh so I think that that's the 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 definite three for me. And I think that yeah, I think you could slot him at that four spot yeah. talking through it. I think that you can slot him yeah. at that four spot and I'd be comfortable with that. You know, people bring up the name Aaron Rodgers and and you look at the arm He's talent with Aaron Rodgers, it's there, but at the end of the day. You know, there's still so many more records that Drew Brees has at this point. I know that Aaron Rodgers is still writing his story, but they sit same with Super Bowl wins. It's not like Aaron Rodgers has rattled off Super Bowl after Super mm. Bowl. And if you look at records and numbers, it's it's give or take. So, um, and, you, and you look at some postseason uh, performances by Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I know this this most recent one in my head is, it was underwhelming. But yeah, Ramon, I'm with you, man. I got him. I got him probably about at the four spot because I mean, I might have him at five because you just said pretty much, you know, I got Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, I got Elway in my top five, and Joe Montana. So I mean, I think that leaves Breeze at about five for me. But I mean, mm-hmm. what, what do you say, Los? I mean, you the one, you know, you kind of kicked out the conversation. Sorry, you say I, you I can put him at three. I, no, but I, I, I'm in agreement with that. I mean, I kind of you can. Go back and forth with the the the, the four and the three there, um, mm-hmm. but you know if you're talking championships, you know obviously you give the head the the upper hand to Montana. But if you're talking pure numbers, we're we talking teams. You know, you're talking <laughs> pure numbers. I would say Breeze. You know, will take the you know the three spot. So I would say right there at that four three spot. So I mean, it's really no argument yeah. there. And then you throw in like a Elway, you know type of guy because again if you look at numbers when the guy retired what about Archie nah. <laughs> <laughs> hey he was good for his time. Hey, he was my, good. Hey, my dad still talks about Archie <laughs> man man my pop still t- hey but when Archie was playing <laughs> where I got Brent Favre though top 10 uh, top 15 top, top 10 Brent Favre's top 10 he's top 10 and, and no disrespect Aaron Rodgers is right there so you put Steve McNair then Steve McNair don't do that to Steve. Don't do that to Aaron McNair. He got him an NFL MVP. He should have got he got co-MVP with Peyton Manning, but he should have got regular MVP. Yeah, I probably would have to go down the list even more, but I mean I can't top I 20. Mean, 
Yeah, top 20. Oh, yeah, I can give him top yeah, 20. Top but 20 for sure. I don't know if I have him a definite top 10. But no disrespect to Aaron Rodgers, too. He's still in that discussion up there. But mm-hmm. just comparing it as they sit today, okay. you know, I still would give Breeze the nod over Rodgers as they sit today. Well, as a Saints fan, to wrap up this segment, thank you, Drew Breeze. Thank you, number nine, for everything that you've done for the city. I feel like no one that plays for the Saints should ever wear the number nine because what you did and what you was able to accomplish you made us relevant you brought us here now it's time for you to sit back and watch us see how far we can take it from where you took it which you know it wouldn't be a legacy our new orleans saints your legacy we wouldn't even be in conversation and playoff runs if it wasn't for you so appreciate you number nine and we're looking forward to seeing you in the nbc booth because i think like you're gonna give romo a run for his money (laughs) because of how how well you prepare. So, well, y'all got Tony Romo in y'all. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> No, but we appreciate the next, and I'm looking forward to seeing what's the next step in your career, which we found out you'll be with NBC, which we knew for a couple years now, but we knew that, you know, we're looking forward to seeing you in that booth and doing your thing. So we'll transition. It's NFL free agency, and ironically, we got to talk about this that Drew Brees retiring leaves a big hole on our roster. Uh, as a Saints fan, I anticipated that he would be retiring, but now the Saints has a blaring hole as a franchise quarterback. So once Drew Brees retired, of course, Jameis Winston signed his contract, which is a very incentivized contract, but it's worth up to $12 million with incentives with us. And we're hearing that it may be, we also had uh, Taysom Hill who started in Drew Brees's place when he was injured last season this past season uh signed a four-year what it was a four-year uh 140 million dollars is it yeah it's it's a but of course it's it's three years it it saved us like seven million dollars in cap space but basically you still seeing coach Payton saying that this is gonna be a quarterback uh a quarterback competition uh so I don't like hearing that as a Saints fan. This is the first time in over 10 years I've had to question who will be my quarterback, 15 years to be exact. Now we've seen this transition. Who do y'all see being the Saints quarterback going forward? And plus, Russell Wilson is still in the win. We're still one of his teams that he preferred to go to or to be traded to. The Bears did sign Andy Dalton, so they may be out of the running. So, I mean, anything can happen at this point. Like I said last podcast, it changes from hour to hour. But what do you think? What do you think the Saints quarterback, who do you think the Saints quarterback uh, will be going forward? Who Who is Breeze? Who will take Breeze's throne? Uh, I mean, obviously, you got to go with the, you got to go with Jameis right now. I think we saw a little taste of what Taysom can do, and Taysom is not the guy. You know, even though he's getting paid more than J- Jameis right now, which doesn't make sense to me. I know, again, he does different things on the field, but he's getting paid, you know, quite a bit right now. So I would just say Jameis is going to start off and he's going to have the chance to lead this team. You know, I think he's going to get every chance to lead this team. And then if something happens, I think it's going to switch to Taysom mid-year. The hope is Jameis can lead this team. And I think Jameis is going to do fine. One thing I keep bringing up is um, Jameis Winston – forever you'll see pictures and memes of him squinting even back from his college days you know he had lasik surgery like yeah mcdonald's looking at the menu let me get a uh (laughs) pretty much so i mean you look at him now you know and he had lasik about a year ago 
I think that helped. You know, I think that helped. And I think he's going to be a better quarterback under Sean Payton. Sean Payton is the most underrated part of this. When he has a chance to be with you this long, you know, he's been with the Saints over a year now to learn, to develop, and to go through his reads and do these different things. Again, this guy still threw 30 touchdowns with bad eyes on the Bucks. you know, not to mention he threw 30 interceptions too, but he still threw 30 touchdowns. And 5,000 yards, didn't he? He threw 5,000 yards. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it was, it, I think it was upwards of 4K. But, again, he has the arm to do that, to put up numbers. Now if Sean Payton can lead this guy to be um, a player with less turnovers. I think the issue with Jameis has always been the turnovers, the bonehead throws, like, what are you doing? You know, if he can cut down on the what are you doing throws, I think he'll be a great player for the Saints. He has all the weapons. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to add too much to that on the Jameis thing. Uh, that's my pick as well. You know, I've said in the past before, I felt that this last year was misused with him. So he's my pick. Uh, I just want to say, Rob, I mean, I, I hate to do it, bro, but just please let the Russell Wilson pipe dream go, man. <laughs> Please let the Russell Wilson pipe dream go. I mean, rumors are that the hey, Bears man. offered Look. like three first round picks, uh, two starters, and like other stuff, and the Seahawks Look, still said no, man. So Look, look, I don't make the news, Ramon. I don't make the news. Adam Schefter reports it, and I pay attention to it. If, if Shefty says it, I'm paying attention to it. So, like, it's, it's no more than that. You can't ignore that. You can't ignore it. Now, is it a five percent chance it happened? Probably so, but uh, one point zero zero one percent chance. Yeah, but I'm gonna go with Jameis too. I think he, he was my quarterback. I was a little disappointed that we didn't use him in Drew Brees' absence to see what the new Jameis looks like, because like Carlos mentioned, he did have the eye surgery, and I think that it will make a difference. If his decision-making will get better, Sean Payton does believe in the check down. So James will not have to take as many chances as he did in a, a Coach Arians offense where he likes to air it out, you know, 20, 30-plus yards every other play. So I think that James does deserve another chance. People forget he's just 25, and he was a former number one pick in this NFL. So he has the talent, and he has the talent surrounded around him. I'm looking forward to seeing him beat out Taysom for that competition. And I cannot for the life of me figure out this Taysom Hill deal. I don't know what Taysom, ha Taysom Hill has on these people's heads. He reconstructed his 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 uh, contract. He's paid. He's probably the highest paid gadget player in the league. He was given the helm when Drew Brees went down last year. I just don't know what they see. But what I saw is a, a turnover prone guy. And I saw a guy that, you know, he's 30. I mean, if he's, if he's just getting his first start at 30, what is that in the, in the NFL? What does that say about him? That says that he's not a starting quarterback. So I'm hoping that Jameis comes in and, and do what he needs to do because we still have a great team. So not to spend too much on the New Orleans Saints. We, ha we have a lot of big signings that has happened in NFL free agency. The most notable team, like we projected last week, Ramon, and the most active team would be the New England Patriots. They had a lot of money. Uh, they're historically, they're not really the team to spend a lot of money on free agents. But we saw a Belichick in a front office for the New England Patriots that has not 
by any means saved any pennies, and they're going all in. Uh, they they was able to get Cam Newton some weapons there uh, in Nelson Aguilar. They was able to get Hun Hunter Henry. They was able to get Jonu Smith. So we probably will see a, an Aaron Rodgers, uh, I'm sorry, Aaron Hernandez, and a and a and a, a Gronkowski dynamic there. Uh, they're getting back to the trenches, man. I'm I'm hearing when that Leonard Fournette is a potential candidate who they're looking to sign over there. They've been extremely active. They traded for Trent Williams. I mean, they they just been doing it, man. Is that the name, Trent Williams? Or am I tripping? No, Trent Williams is the one that got re-signed with uh with the. No, it wasn't Trent Williams. It was the other great offensive line they traded for. Can y'all help me out here? No. Yeah. Not off yeah. the top of my head, but you know they also got Chaw as well. I got you, bro. And so he he they traded for Trent Brown. Yeah, Trent Brown, yeah. Trent Williams, yeah. Trent Brown. Thank you, brother. But yeah, yeah, they made a lot of big moves, and I mean, speak on it, man. Are the Patriots really trying on the on the up and up? Yeah. So yeah, let's talk about their moves a little bit, man. Like I've been itching to get on a pile with y'all and talk for you. You've been itching, been itching. itching. Chill out. Anyway, so Cam Newton obviously coming back on a team-friendly deal, you know, which a lot of his deal is um, incentive-driven. You know, then they bring in Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. Nelson Aguilar was one of the top top guys in air in yards uh, per catch last year. Um, you know, who's a guy that was looked at as pretty much a bust when he was with the Eagles and previous stops, but really showed up last year as a guy that can be a deep threat. And then you get a Kendrick Bourne who was pretty much buried on that team and who wasn't used correctly with the 49ers. And then you look at, as you mentioned, Hunter Henry, John New Smith, and trading for these pieces. But then they get Matt Judon from the Ravens. You know, they go and grab this guy from one of the teams in their, in their conference who is one of those edge rushers. And one of the points that I made and I tweeted about this was the Patriots went 7-9 and nine last year. They went seven and nine last year with half of their defense being out, uh, opting out for COVID reasons with Cam missing multiple games because of COVID, um, you know, and still going seven and nine with that type of team. And now you bring your opt out players back and then obviously you sign these players, you know, you have a full roster going into this year. I don't see any reason why the Patriots under Bill Belichick and his coaching can be a team to win 10 to 11 games this year. Only thing that'll hold him back, obviously, is Cam's health. If he can stay healthy, I think that team can easily win 10 games. Um, and just because of their scheming, their coaching, and how well coached the team they were. I can even remember a game, I believe it was against the Seahawks this year, uh, this past previous year, where they lost literally at the one-yard line with Cam trying to rush it in. You know, I think it was a primetime game. So that would even put them at 8-8. Eight eight. It really came down literally to the last play and them getting stopped at the one. They would have been a almost 500 team, you know, again, would have, could have, would have, should have, but again, a, a good team. I think I like the moves. They're not the biggest names. You know, I think a lot of people get hooked up on the biggest names, but they are the players that they want. You can tell they targeted the players they want. So hats off to the Patriots doing it different this year. No, I 100% I agree with you. Honestly, don't have too much to add to it right there. Like you said, I think that there'll be a team that's right back in contention in the AFC. We all have tremendous respect for Bill Belichick and what he does in leadership um, and, and coaching-wise. So once again, like you said, I think that there'll be a team that can contend. Uh, my only thing, my only question mark, and it's still kind of the question mark that I had from last, last podcast, is 
over the duration of the season, is Cam going to be able to last? Is is that arm strength going to be there over the duration of the season? Are we going to see that wear and tear over the duration? I believe that they can get off to a great start. You know, Cam looked great as the season started. Granted, we do have to give him the pass for COVID, but I don't 100% just think that, you know, the deficiencies and things we saw later in the season were COVID related. So that's my biggest thing with them. But, you know, with, with the signings, I mean, they have been the ones that's definitely been willing to blow the bag free agency wise. They definitely have been sitting on the sidelines, definitely have been super active. And I think that it will ultimately propel them definitely into the playoffs next year, but could cause them to be a contender um, when we're looking late in the season for next year. So I got a question for you guys. I'm going to say this and then we can wrap up the Patriots segment. Are these, would I be wrong in saying if I was a person that was saying that these moves are motivated by Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl and it really kind of got under Belichick's skin to where he are making these types of moves? How on a on a scale of one to ten, how how much are you believing it? Ten meaning that you 100 percent believe it, one meaning that you don't buy it at all. I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. Um, so what's on that scale? What on a scale of one to ten? You say zero. Zero. You say go under the reason. The reason why I think this is what Belichick's plan was. You know, I think Belichick is a forward thinker, and he's always been that. You know, Um, I think he really looked at looked at the situation as, hey, I'm gonna take maybe not even take this year off, but maybe we take a step back this year. We're gonna save our money. We got all these players opting out, and then we're gonna make a push. And we're going to have cap like no other team. He saw that where the cap was going almost. We're not going to sign all these players and make a huge push this year, but we're going to be competitive, you know, just out of respect out of our fans, for our fans. But then come to this offseason, we're going to have all this cap money to go after it. And then we're going to go from there and really compete this year. I think he really took that approach as a maybe a year and a half approach and just looked at it as, hey, this year maybe we won't get it, but let's build towards something. They even have now – the interesting part is they have the pieces to go up, maybe move up to get one of these young quarterbacks in the draft and do what they need to do and just kind of let them Cam be the bridge quarterback. Because again, Cam is not the long-term solution there. So I wouldn't even be surprised if they trade up and go get somebody that they want because they still have um, their corner there, which I can't, I'm drawing a blank on. Um, Stephon Gilmore. There you go. Stephon Gilmore. Thank you. Um, who is right now is on his last year of his deal, who's been talked about being traded right now. So they may move him to get some pieces to move up in a draft and get the quarterback of their future. Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> on my own personal scale, scale and to answer my question, I'm at an eight with it. I mean, I, Tom Brady has done a, accomplished a lot in New England with Belichick. And for him to go to Tampa Bay, the, the first year that he leaves – New England to win the Super Bowl. I, I feel like Belichick might have been a little jaded. I feel like the Kraft family may, may have been a little jaded. And I feel like they had a, a dinner meeting uh, somewhere where I can't afford to even walk through the door where rich people eat and that they talked about. It. They said, we're not going to hold back the punches. I'm going to spend the money. Uh, I'm going to do this because, I mean, I can't have Tom just flourishing like this. Uh, they signed a lot of weapons, and I think they're going to be very successful going forward. So I'm I'm at an eight with this. I think that uh, they I think they did that Tom did motivate him. 
Yeah, I'm at an eight as well, and really for those same sentiments. So no need to rehash it. Man, I, I stole your thunder again. <laughs> yeah, once again. My bad, bro. I'm, I'm a, <laughs> next segment is all yours. <laughs> nah, so, you good, man. So, uh, so far, free agency is far from over. But since it has kicked off, who would you say are the biggest winner? Which franchise has been the biggest winner? Which franchise has been the biggest loser during this free agency period? Uh, so I'll start off with the loser. Let's switch it up a little bit. I would say the Raiders. You know, it's like they're in a situation where they got rid of majority of their offensive line, which was one of the best offensive lines in the year uh, in the league last year. Um, you know, with Jacobs leading the, the being one of the top rushers in the league. You know, so I don't know what they were doing. They traded their top center, Pro Bowl center. Um, you know, Gabe Jackson. You know, they were. Uh, Richie Incognito, they was lucky enough to get him back on a cheaper deal. But really, you're looking at the situation, you're like, hey, what are you guys doing over there? You know, it's like, you know, I, I really don't understand what's going on with that. Maybe we don't see the full picture here. Maybe they have a move that they're doing towards the draft and going younger. You know, it's just as a fan, I know as, you know, the Raiders fans right now are probably a little confused on what's going on. You really want to build your team from the trenches on out, you know, and they are getting – worse on the offensive line. So I would say they're a loser. Um, and then we touched on the Patriots. I like what the Patriots have done so far. Um, but I would say a team like the Bengals, you know, the Bengals have been making some smart moves. You know, they're a team that they're in a hunt right now that I just recently saw a report for getting Kenny Galladay. I know the Giants are in there as a favorite right now, but they have made some smart moves as far as getting Trey Hendrickson from the Saints, you know, who was a one of the top upcoming pass rushers, you know, and then they go and get Mike Hilton, who was one of the top slot cornerbacks from the Steelers, you know, just calculated moves that they're building their defense and preparing, you know, really what's going to, to build around Burrow. So I hope really what happens is they start getting some offensive line because we know that was the huge issue. And part of the reason why my boy Burrow got hurt last year was they really didn't have a great offensive line. So It'll be interesting to see how they finish out, but there's a team that I'm monitoring closely as they build around Burrow. Um, yeah, going off that that same type of flow and going with a loser first, uh, definitely agree with what you said with the Raiders. They were definitely high on my list. Uh, I would say second on that list in my mind uh, would be the Chicago Bears. And I say it from this standpoint, you go from having the mind of, hey, you know, let's go and try to make this deal for Russell Wilson, that not really going in your favor. And you know what, who you replace him with, Andy Dalton is who you go and grab. And then to me, you overpay, <laughs> you overpay Andy Dalton for to me what he's like, truly like he's worth. been overpaid his whole career. Right, right. And so that's what you get to sell your franchise on, and you get to sell your fan base on is to say, hey, you know, we couldn't get Russell Wilson, but guess what? We got Andy Dalton. Um, so I would say right now, uh, they would sit as a loser for me. And when I think of winners, I know this one may be kind of an easy one to go with. But I'm going to have to say the Bucks, you know, and I'm going to have to say the Bucks from the standpoint of bringing the band back. You know, if it worked this past year, why not re-up, bring those guys back, take another run at it. Uh, you saw Brady's contract situation um, and seeing, you know, with Levante David coming back and Shaq Barrett coming back. And so um, I would honestly say that, hey, why not bring the band back, take another run at it? I know Lowe's has something to say on it. Until they signed the most important player that carried them throughout the playoffs, I'm not impressed with their signings. And you know who I'm talking about. 
when I say the most important player that carried them through the playoffs. Playoff like, Lenny, Lombardi Lenny. Lombardi Lenny. Lombardi Lenny. Like, so, so your 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 loser, your winner is the Bucks. Yeah, I say the, the Bucks to be able to make sure that they, they're able to bring the band back, man. There's nothing worse than having a championship run and then watching all those pieces get out of the door. So to be able to restructure deals, to be able to get guys to come back, um, I think that that t- still takes work as well. And so I think that we can't always get caught up in the, hey, they went and brought this guy from the other team, or hey, they went and grabbed this guy on the market. Hey, sometimes most of your, some of your most valuable gets are getting those guys to return. We think about it even from an NBA standpoint and seeing AD re-up in this offseason, seeing LeBron re-up and sign a, a, an extension. And so I think about it in the same way. Hey, why not re-up? Why not get those guys to come back? And sometimes that's more valuable than getting the high name that's out there, you know, on the market. So I think that you got to have hats off to them. And I think that also, too, you still have to look at Tom Brady and what he's done throughout the course of his career, which is to continuously take less in order for the team to build out more pieces around them. So that's why I give them, you know, a winner so far. Yeah. I mean, the winners to me is the Patriots uh, just because did y'all say that either one of y'all? I don't think so. No, no, you good. All right. So the Patriots, I feel like that they are the best they are winners because they spent they had a lot of cap space and they they've been executing uh they got uh cam some more weapons i don't think cam could have an excuse uh with having like two of the top two of the top 10 tight ends in the game on his team and hunter henry and uh john smith uh when they're healthy so i think that that, that was huge there and then, it, then the fact that they got judah so I think that just those signings alone, I think, I don't think, I think we're going to really see if, if I know it's been questioned and we've been asked ourselves, Ramon, is, is Cam washed or not? We'll be able to totally see that uh, this year because he has some weapons to work with in uh, Nelson Aguilar. So I, that's my winner. Um, I think my loser, in a way, I think my loser, I would have to say is the Dolphins. Um so far, I mean, we just recording this and this, this stuff changes hour to hour, but I would say the Dolphins because they had a lot of money for the cap and they, they, they haven't made a huge splash like we thought they would in free agency. Uh, so, I mean, I guess the, the it remains to be seen what they can do. Still a lot of good players out there, but I mean, Galladay has been thrown towards them as well. Galladay has been a prospect for them. Um, I know uh, Curtis Samuels out there. I don't know. I mean, they got to do something. And I, I think that, that that's my loser so far before you're hearing this recording. Yeah. And, and I'm going to throw a, a half loser out here that may kind of shock y'all, man. But, man, I want to get in on the action, man. My Colts are, 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 are a half loser right <laughs> yeah, now. Some cheap, I want to yeah, see, I wanna see some exciting, man. I yeah, want some, some excitement, man. And I know, you know, Ballard thinks and he's looking down the line and he's thinking about, you know, Quentin Nelson after re-up and he's thinking about Darius Leonard and Braden Smith and the young talent and trying to preserve cap space and stuff with that. But, man, I want to see a splash, man. I, I want to at least see one one name that just jumps off, you know, the paper or something like that. So, you know, I, ultimately, I get it. I know how Ballard thinks. But I just almost kind of feel like a loser because I just want to see something come through Twitter from Adam Schefter that says the Colts made a big signing, but nah, it doesn't good. look like that's yeah. happening anytime y'all soon. Y'all good, bro. Y'all got a good team already. I don't need that. So 
where do you feel as though this Deshaun Watson deal is going? I know we keep we've been covering this for a few months now. Uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, refu- like if you've been living on a rock, I guess I go through it. Is that Deshaun Watson has demanded a trade? He's been demanding a trade for the past few months. The franchise refuses to trade him, uh, but now they signed Tyrod Taylor, uh, which comes off to me as a security blanket type deal. I think they're inching towards trading this man, no matter how much they say they're not going to do it. I think that they are because they feel like if they do, then they can, you know, lean on Tyrod, which had a punctured lung because of a, a, a pain treatment last year. So, and lost his job to Justin Herbert. So he has a lot left in the tank. Do y'all still feel as though there's a deal out there for Deshaun Watson? Yeah, I think eventually it's going to happen. You know, and I, again, I think of teams that we mentioned before is I think the Panthers are going to be the most aggressive team and they're going to get it done. You know, I think they've been up front with Teddy Bridgewater that he's the quarterback right now, but they are looking at other options. I think, you know, when the Texans really come to come to grips with it and understand that, hey, he's no longer wants to be here. They're going to get a huge package, like probably historical huge package for him. So I think he's going to be I think he's going to go. Um, but again, my target team is the Panthers. Yeah, I I agree as well. And I think that you may see the timeline actually fit closer to the draft. I think that um, as we move closer to the draft, I think that teams will be kind of more willing to put together packages. And I I think that you'll see maybe some movement take place then. They're not in a position where they have to rush, get this done today or tomorrow. But I think around draft time, you may see some movement um, then. So if I were to predict, I would say moving around draft time, I'm still a little up in the air with saying, you know, where it could be. But I do respect uh, what Los is saying with the Panthers. I've always still thrown Miami in the hat as well, too, just by them being able to throw a guy like Tua or something in that deal as well. So I'm with Miami, too, because I feel like they have the package with including Tua to give Houston a future uh, after trading away a guy like Deshaun Watson. Uh, we're not usually a, a breaking news type podcast, but I have to say it because, like I say, this stuff changes from hour to hour. Curtis Samuel, reported by Adam Schefter, has just signed with the Washington football team. So I know I was saying Curtis was out there as an option for Miami, but he's no longer an option. He just signed a deal with the Washington football team. So I guess just to kind of transition from that, from the free agency uh, we still probably have a lot of free agency. There's still a lot of good names out there, uh, including Juju, uh, James Conner. These are some names that have yet to sign, uh, including the Kenny Galladay, which, like Lowe said, the Bengals uh, have jumped in front as, as a person has offered him a deal. But the Giants are, are also uh, barking at the, at the bit as well. So, I mean, there's some there's some big names out there, man. I'm just trying to see. I don't know where they're going to end up. So it's kind of hard to cover it as it's going, changing from hour to hour. So uh, I guess we can move on from that unless y'all have something else. Y'all have something else on that free agency? Uh, I think you pretty much covered it. It's tough to do predictions at this point. Um, I do think a little bit of the lack of the movement that you are seeing among wide receivers is kind of due to this wide receiver class that we're going to see in this upcoming NFL draft. So I think that sometimes you do see the scope of free agency be dictated by kind of what the draft class looks like. Um, But outside of that, you know, I don't want to get too much into predictions now when it's moving so quickly at this point. 
Okay. Um, so we always touch on the NBA a little bit, um, and then we'll move on to because March Madness starts. Or uh, is it? Does it start Friday or? To, yeah, I think it starts Friday, right? I uh, think the they playing, have play play in games Friday, right? And then the tournament starts Saturday. I think um, they might have play ins start starting tomorrow, but it's oh, like okay, play ins tomorrow. Yeah, I guess that kind of we might as well just go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, obviously, obviously we don't care about the NCAA (laughs) basketball tournament this year. Uh, I couldn't tell you maybe a single college ball player in this tournament. Almost, if they don't play for LSU, I probably couldn't tell you. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. This is definitely (laughs) a very underwhelming year. Yeah, Uh, only paying attention to it obviously for LSU's sake and. And honestly, it's a it's a wide open field. I know that LSU comes in as an eight seed, but honestly, I feel like anybody could get it done. And with oh, the yeah. talent that LSU has, honestly, if all the pieces are clicking, if Cam Thomas and Darius Days and Javante Smart yeah. and, and Trendon Watford and all those guys are clicking, they can beat anybody that's out there. And so. you know what, Ramon? I think that Cam Thomas's game really it, it I think that a tournament like this really plays into the type of game he has. Uh, I think, you know, I think about uh, um, Kimball Walker's run mm-hmm. with University of Connecticut, just him being a, a pure talented scorer, which Cam Thomas is. And I think that once he gets going in this tournament, I think he's going to uh, unfortunately probably be done one and done this year, because I think that he's going to do a, if, if, if LSU is able to make it past the first round, uh, into the Sweet 16 at least, I think that a lot of NBA scouts are going to be on his tail. But, yeah, like you say, I, I'm not really interested in this game. I know Evan Mobley from USC, I think I've seen – is that his name? I think so. I don't know. Don't be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Mobley kid out of out of USC, I, I've seen him play maybe twice this yeah. year, early this year, and uh, I think that he, you know, is pretty talented. Um, I think he'll be in the NBA draft. Jalen Suggs out of Gonzaga. Cade Cunningham out of Oklahoma State is a pretty talented guy. So, I mean, I'm not excited about it. This will probably be the first year in, like, eight years I don't do a bracket. Yeah. Because I just don't know what's going on. I literally would be closing my eyes. I mean, I – Closing my eyes and picking teams, it's just not that interesting to me. And and, and the one other thing with it, too, you don't know how even COVID is going to impact it. You've seen in, like, the the league tournaments, you've had teams that have had to withdraw, obviously, uh, because of that. And I want to say – I'm kind of drawing a blank. I don't know if it's Oklahoma. uh, Some team has already been impacted where one of their players is going to have to, like, sit out at least the first week of the tournament. So – Mm-hmm. This thing could get really crazy, you know, if one of even the top seeds, they have a player that goes down or they have to like this could just be a crazy one. And it's one that honestly, I'm not hyped up for at all. Just like you were using that one to 10 scale for something else. I'm probably at about a three for the tournament. And that three solely <laughs> rests on LSU. That yeah. solely rests on LSU. I'm with you. I ain't worried about any you. other game other I, than LSU. Yeah, I'll probably just watch LSU, uh, and I'll probably watch the Final Four, maybe, depending on what teams are in it. If it's just a bunch of Cinderella's in there, I'm not watching it. Yeah. Yeah, this is um, – I don't know. I mean, it's, it's worth saying. But um, So, I mean, NBA, we just got to touch on it uh, real quickly. MB, you know, he's had a knee contusion. He was clearly the NBA MVP. Ironically, we've seen what three games, two games from LeBron. 
triple double last night, killing it the night before. LeBron, does he does he does he smell blood here? I think he tastes blood here. I think he understands that MB being injured would affect his MVP. <laughs> his MVP, but ironically now, LeBron, okay, now you want to win games without AD. We've been without AD for almost a month now. And now you want to show off. But I, I think, do you think LeBron really smells like blood? And he's like, okay, with Embiid out, I'm about to just go ahead and just take this MVP race over. No, I, I 100% uh, think that that's the case. Uh, I mean, we watched a couple of nights ago, not even getting into the, the Timberwolves game, but the Warriors game, where we were in clear control and he's still playing into the fourth quarter. And, and, and I'm like, come on, for what other reason other than, and don't get me wrong, I'm rooting for the guy, but for what other yeah. reason other than stat chasing and MVP chasing yeah, at that point sure. are you playing? Like, you're playing the game, uh, the first of a back-to-back, and you're leading by 20-plus points or so, and you're still playing into the fourth quarter. So, I mean, it's obvious what's going on yeah. there. He definitely is shooting for it. Trying, He smells blood in the water, like you said. Yeah, I think after the um, All-Star break, he mentioned he was like, it's go time. So, since then, the Lakers haven't lost. So, I think he really does have that on his mind. <laughs> Did he tweet that right after he saw the MBB clip of him extending his knee like that? <laughs> so it's go time. <laughs> <laughs> Man, LeBron, man. We all know LeBron is not only the king, but he's the king of controlling his own narrative. I feel like when he saw him be jump out and playing out of his doggone mind, I feel like he was like, okay, I'm I just want the championship now and finals MVP. When he seen him be get hurt, he kind of peeked out the blinds. He was like, all right, since you don't want it, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and slide through. So it's gonna be interesting to see the second half of the season, how LeBron. Uh, performs, but I just wanted to have a little fun. Of course, we had to touch the MVP. We covered a lot. We're going to go ahead and get on out of here. We appreciate you for listening to us. Shout out to Morris Wright, of course. Shout out to them and those Zachary Broncos that has won the 5A, Louisiana 5A State Championship, man. That's huge. And we appreciate Morris for taking time out of his busy schedule to, you know, sh- and share some time with us to uh, pod a little bit, man. So, um, we're going to go ahead and get on out of here. We'll make sure that you follow us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Instagram and Twitter. And make sure that you have subscribed to us. You can just search Opinionated Benchwarmers to where you like to listen to your podcast. And we should pop up. Make sure that you subscribe and leave a review. Uh, until next time, we out of here. Later.